Madison, president of Power Over Parkinson's, and today in conjunction with our POP Profile series, we have Dr. Leslie Cloud, associate professor and director of the Parkinson's Disease Program at the VCU Parkinson's and Movement Disorder Center at VCU Health. Dr. Cloud, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sure, sure. So as we get started, tell our listeners um, a little bit how what transpired to get you into a career of neurology and specifically movement disorders. So I sometimes think I was born to be a neurologist. Mm -hmm. My interest in neurology started in the ninth grade when I took my first biology class. We uh, got to the chapters on the human brain and I was just fascinated. Mm -hmm. And I started reading more about neuroscience just for fun. Mm -hmm. And when I went to medical school, I really went to medical school with the intention of being a neurologist mm -hmm. specifically, not just being a doctor. Mm -hmm. And my interest just never wavered. So when I made it to neurology residency, I did an elective in movement disorders and it was love at first sight. Mm -hmm. I really fell in love with the patient population, specifically the Parkinson's population. There were a few things that really appealed to me about working with Parkinson's patients. The first is that people tend to live a very long time with Parkinson's disease. And so as a physician, I have the opportunity to really get to know people and get to know their whole family over the course of many years. And so uh, that continuity of care is very satisfying and rewarding for me. And then also we have a lot of treatments that can make a very dramatic impact on symptoms and quality of life. And so it's very rewarding in that way as well. And at the time that I trained and even today still to some extent, um, that is not really true for all areas of neurology. There are still some areas of neurology for which there really are not a lot of effective treatments. And so movement disorders really stood out to me in that way. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned uh, you treat people with Parkinson's for over a course of a long period. And I'm sure the treatment changes with the individual as the disease progresses. So it probably keeps things quote unquote interesting um, and keeps the, the challenge there because their progression evolves and their treatment evolves. So you kind of, what, what you did with them on day one is gonna be different in year five, year 10. Um, and it's, it's probably such a uh, transgression seeing or progression rather seeing that evolution in one given patient. It's true. And, you know, I always tell patients that there really are no two Parkinson's patients that are the same. After 15 years of doing this every day, I still see new things on a regular basis. Patients continue to teach me things and surprise me in ways that I don't anticipate. So uh, it definitely is, you know, every day a new, a new discovery and a new opportunity to you know, learn something new. Definitely. Well, what attributes of VCU Health and the VCU Parkinson's and Movement Disorder Center excite you right now? So the things that excite me right now are the things that excited me when I made the decision to come here almost 10 years ago. So I have always been and remain excited about the core missions of the Parkinson's and Movement Disorder Center. So the three core missions, uh, which are, um, you know, I think uh, really uh, very 
what's the word I'm looking for, noble, I suppose, are to provide, you know, state-of-the-art, cutting-edge, interdisciplinary clinical care for patients living with movement disorders, to engage in um, also cutting-edge research that will ultimately, hopefully, uh, positively impact the trajectory of the diseases that we treat, and last but not least, educating both the patient community, but also the next generation of interdisciplinary care providers to you know, continue those important missions moving forward. So um, that is really what excites me most about working for the Parkinson's and Movement Disorders Center. And then the other thing that I think is fantastic about being here and, and perhaps somewhat unique to being here is that we have a patient community that is extremely engaged in the center's activities. From the beginning, our center was really built with uh, a lot of engagement and involvement of our patient population. And, and to this day, we have a kind of core group of patients and family members who serve as a sort of community advisory board and are very intimately involved in really everything that we do. And I think that makes it particularly um, rewarding to work here. And uh, it feels like a true partnership. And um, in terms of VCU and VCU Health, I have to say that it's been a great place to work. They have literally showered me, I think, with opportunities to continue to learn and grow. So it's uh, been a great decision. I haven't looked back. Yeah. Well, as you look into the next decade of being at VCU Health and the Parkinson's and Movement Disorder Program, what are your, at a high level, what are your goals for the program going forward? So I think I have to first say that I'm already extremely um, pleased and, and very proud of, of the Parkinson's program. I have, over the last 10 years, seen it grow from what was quite literally an idea in the head of our founding director, Dr. Jim Bennett, 10 years ago to you know, what is now a very busy and robust clinical program that cares for more than 2,000 patients that are living with Parkinson's disease. So I'm very proud of how far we've come and, and how much we've grown. I think looking forward, my goals are fairly straightforward. I really want to continue to fold in additional resources and opportunities that are going to improve the patient experience. So some examples would be additional education and wellness resources that will help empower patients and engage them better from day one and over the course of their disease. I'd like to continue to fold in more opportunities to participate in clinical trials because I think that's an important thing that uh, patients and their families are interested in. Um, and, you know, I guess in a nutshell, I really hope that our program ultimately has a reputation of, you know, the highest quality clinical um, care. And, uh, you know, I, I really just want a reputation of excellence because I want really every patient that walks through the door to know that, you know, they're in the right place and in the very best place that they can be. Yeah, having that trust and confidence, knowing that they're in the right place. That's, that's great. Um, well, of course, working with neurological disease and movement disorders is difficult due to the inevitable decline of the patient. Um, tell me how you remain optimistic and positive when you work with this population. So the decline is often inevitable. 
but I am able to take a difficult situation and often make it a lot less difficult than it would be otherwise. And so, you know, even in situations where we have no treatment options, you know, there are some diseases that we uh, take, you know, that we treat that have no available treatment options. Even in those situations, I often feel like I can make that situation less difficult by educating families and patients about what's going on and why, mm -hmm. educate them about what they can expect down the road so that they can best plan and prepare for the future and really support them, you know, at every step along their journey. And I would say that the appreciation that patients and their families express on a regular basis is really what keeps me excited and motivated to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, needless to say, kind of moving into that more difficult part of the job in terms of the diagnosis and navigating that. Parkinson's, of course, is a difficult disease. Um, upon diagnosis, a lot of people have to have that time, that grace period to digest it and navigate it. So what advice would you give to the newly diagnosed? So I usually tell the newly diagnosed, um, first, first of all, you know, you can only control what you can control. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, of course, many factors at play that are out of your control, mm -hmm. but there are also many factors uh, at play uh, that you can control. Mm -hmm. So I think that it is always best to focus your time and your energy and your thoughts on the things that you can control, like taking care of yourself with, you know, good diet, lots of exercise, um, building a strong support system in your life if you don't already have one, so that you can live as well as you can for as long as you can with the disease. I also try to encourage people to work towards striking a balance between being proactive about, you know, learning about your disease and you know, doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, but not letting the diagnosis continue to occupy too much of your headspace for too long. You know, I think after any life-changing diagnosis, as you said, it's completely normal and appropriate for someone to be hyper-focused on it, you know, in the, in the short term. But I try to encourage people to ultimately you know, let the disease fall into the background, you know, don't let it stay front and center forever so that you can, you know, continue to live your life. Yeah. So similarly, what advice and guidance would you give to those who have, have been dealing with Parkinson's, let's say 10, 15 years? So I encourage people to consistently think about what symptoms truly contribute the most to day-to-day -to -day frustrations. Um, it's not always the mobility challenges. You know, one might think that it's always the mobility, but it's not always. There are many people who may be quite immobile, but who are most bothered by something else. Maybe they're extremely anxious every day, or maybe they are extremely constipated, or you know, maybe they cannot sleep well at night, and so they're exhausted all the time. So, you know, I try to encourage people to really think about that because that often changes over time and talk to your doctors about it so that we can help. Mm 
-hmm. And the other advice that I usually give people is to really listen to your family and your friends because they have known you forever and they will often see changes in you that you may not see yourself. And so involving them in your care and in your doctor's appointments can be very valuable because they can really serve as important advocates for you, you know, over time. Yeah. So that, that's my best advice to people as, as the disease advances. Well, you've segued into the next question perfectly because a lot of people um, new to Parkinson's or on the peripheral of the disease, I think um, often think Parkinson's is synonymous with a tremor, tremor or more the involuntary movement. So if you could shed light on one symptom, we know that there's a myriad of them, but one symptom, a lesser known symptom associated with Parkinson's disease, what would it be? I would say um, impaired gastrointestinal motility. Mm -hmm. So um, it's gaining a bit more attention now, but for a, a very long time, uh, it was perhaps not as well known or appreciated um, to be a, a, you know, a common problem in Parkinson's patients. So um, in my mind, it's important not only because it leads to annoying symptoms like nausea and constipation, but it has a very um, important impact on other aspects of the disease, specifically the motor symptoms. The best example is delayed stomach emptying, which is extremely common in Parkinson's patients and is often made worse by the medications that we use. That leads to ir uh, irregular erratic absorption of Parkinson's disease medications and other medications too sometimes. Um, and so, you know, as the disease advances and patients start to notice that their medications don't work as consistently, it's often due to underlying problems with gastrointestinal motility. Mm -hmm. So paying attention to, you know, gut health and gastrointestinal symptoms can actually have a variety of positive downstream consequences. So I spend a lot of time in clinic talking to people about their GI tract. Yeah, and it sounds like it's it's probably simply associated with constipation, nausea, but the more complicated things are medication absorption and things that impact um, that scope as well. So thank you for sharing that. I think that that's an important facet. Um, moving on to research, tell us what research studies that you're currently involved in. So uh, most of my uh, research projects to date have focused on two things. One is the gastrointestinal mm -hmm. aspects of Parkinson's disease and trying to develop new treatments for those symptoms. The other has been uh, more recently with a team of collaborators at VCU and also the College of William and Mary mm -hmm. um, working to develop vibration therapy as a treatment for walking problems in Parkinson's disease. And specifically, we're interested in a type of walking problem called freezing of gait, which is where the feet suddenly become stuck or glued to the ground despite the intention to continue walking. So most of my investigator-initiated studies have focused on those two things. So right now we have actively enrolling research studies that are funded by the Michael J. Fox Foundation and the National Institute of Health. Um, 
for patients with Parkinson's disease who have walking problems. Um, and then I also am a participating investigator for a variety of clinical trials for new medications for the motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease that are sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. So we have a variety of trial options available for patients right now. Okay, so moving into that, if someone who's listening has Parkinson's disease and wants to participate in a study, how can he or she go about doing that? You can reach out to us uh, in whatever way is easiest for you. Um, you can email the center at our center email address, which is pdcenter at vcuhealth.org, or you can call us, you can schedule an appointment, um, you know, as a new patient to uh, either, you know, just get another opinion on, on clinical care or to explore opportunities to participate in research. So uh, you, can, you can find us in a variety of ways. Okay, and we'll certainly, uh, for those who are listening, we'll certainly put that information up on the slides associated with this talk. Um, I would be remiss not to mention COVID-19 and it kind of puts a timestamp on our discussion today, but tell us um, some of the takeaways that people with Parkinson's that you could provide uh, some of the takeaways for people with Parkinson's um, during this continued time of caution and um, overall health and safety. I tell all of my patients that it is my strong recommendation to get vaccinated and to make every effort to get every member of your household vaccinated if possible. I also encourage people to remain vigilant after vaccination. You should still be careful in public, you know, wear a mask when you're going to be around other people, wash your hands frequently, keep your guard up. Um, I also like to remind people that it's a good idea not to allow the need for caution and social distancing to uh, prevent you from getting the routine health maintenance that you need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, COVID-19 is not an excuse to skip your colonoscopies yeah. and mammograms yeah. because what's the point of avoiding you know, death from COVID-19 if you're going to then die from another preventable disease right. because you ignored yeah. everything else during the pandemic. So well I, try to, I try to remind people that you still have to manage your blood pressure and your diabetes and, and yeah. all of that good stuff. Um, so, you know, I think those are the, the key things that I try to try to talk to people about. Yeah, and, and kind of giving them a gentle shove to get out of the house and take care of the, the routine maintenance. Because I think we all know COVID will eventually be gone, right? But our overall health will remain <laughs> and how that's gonna shake out is important. So um, thanks for sharing that. Uh, well, we've covered so many questions pertaining to your career and your aspirations for the center. So tell us a little bit, um, our listeners, a little bit more about what you enjoy doing in your personal time. So I spend almost every weekend on the Rappahannock River with my husband and two sons. They really enjoy boating and kayaking and jet skiing and swimming and doing all sorts of outdoor things and they take me along for the ride. Okay. Uh, truth be told, if I didn't live with three rough and tumble boys, I probably wouldn't spend all my time outside. 
I would probably spend most of my time indoors. Yes. At a mall, <laughs> probably in the beauty section of a department store. Because uh, boys, life has given you boys. <laughs> life has given me boys, but I, I am definitely a girly girl. Nothing. Well, I won't say nothing. Few things in life make me happier than new makeup and skincare. <laughs> Fantastic. I think we've all learned a little bit about you, Dr. Cloud. <laughs> that's great. Uh, well, that's a good balance, right? You you can enjoy those attributes, but the boys get you outside on the river. So, um, well, Dr. Cloud, we can't thank you enough. This has been such a pleasure chatting with you and learning more about your career and your goals, aspirations, and the work you're currently doing at VCU Health. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for all that you and everyone else at Power Over Parkinson's is doing. I think it's fantastic. Well, it's a great partnership, so thank you. Mm -hmm.